Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. So, first up, we'll take a look at the business stories that are exercising uh, the week and indeed uh, this morning's newspapers. Delighted to be joined here in studio by Linda Daly. She's a business reporter with the Sunday Times and also Bob Hoffman from Vista Executive Search. Bob, you're very welcome to the programme. As are you, Linda. Thanks. Morning, Bobby. How are things? Good. Very good. good. Now we'll start with a headline which I think brings some good news. Sort of a surprise to me, but homeowners are in life to save hundreds as interest rates are tipped to fall. Bob. Great news. Uh, I must admit I didn't see this coming. Uh, the inflation rate now in the eurozone has down to 2.9% and bearing in mind their target is 2%. So, you know, this, this crept up on me, this uh, item. So basically, uh, the mortgage holders, I suppose, are the big winners or anybody who's lucky enough um, maybe to have uh, large savings. But it's the mortgage uh, uh, that Charlie Weston has written about and obviously their their rates are going to go down. Although, Linda, you pointed out that Linda Christine Lagarde has said that this won't happen in the first six months. Yeah, yes. if you read um, closer, uh, towards the end of the piece, it says she's, um, ECB President Christine Lagarde said last week that any reduction isn't going to happen in the next couple of quarters. So while the money markets um, are, are betting that it will, I think they might yeah, be a bit, bit premature, a bit wishful, wishful yeah, thinking. And I have to say, though, the markets generally don't, they tend to generally, uh, you know, be one step ahead of everybody else. So let's see. But, you know, let's hope it does happen because, like, bear in mind, we have had a, a, a period of aggressive interest rate heights yeah. and it has made you know, the cost of money, very, very expensive. And I think, you know, I do think the the real people here who are struggling are the first-time buyers. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I've said before on this show, I am a tracker mortgage payer and look, don't cry for me. I had 18 years of, of really low interest rates, you know, and, and we are the ones who seem to get all the sympathy. But but your, 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 your change in your annual uh, monthly mortgage was significant, I'm imagining. 400, yeah, 400 euro yeah. has gone up by. So, yeah, and that's I mean, after tax like income. So that's, you know, that's theoretically, that's probably 800 euro. Yeah. So I'm just month. waiting for this inf- windfall from the government um, now in January. So. But, well, the, but inflation, it just sucks the life out of an economy. And of course, anybody who's old enough to remember, in the 80s and the 90s, it was the norm. And the inflation was considerably higher than it is now. But nothing sucks the life out of an economy like creeping inflation. Yeah. So thank God it seems to be turning. <clears throat> Linda, you mentioned first-time homebuyers there. Uh, some interesting stats, uh, again, <clears throat> from the front page of the Irish Times, but it's basically by some research that was conducted by the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland about the profile uh, of home buyers. Tell us more. Yeah, so this article by Owen Burke Kennedy in the Irish Times, I mean, the figures are pretty stark. 60% of first-time buyers in Ireland were 30 or under 20 years ago. That figure now stands at 20%. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really stark. Now, look, it goes on then to say how much they're earning. So they're earning more. Um, the first time buyers are. But it's worth pointing out that while they say, you know, the average um, earnings, I think, are 93,000. Seems very it, high. It does, but it doesn't distinguish. And I rang the BPFI, um, the Banking Payments Federation, a few years ago just to ask them, you know, is it single people or, or double? So they don't differentiate between whether so it's a double. So that could be two incomes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yes. So it could be two incomes. Okay, that's yeah, because um, I thought that was a very high figure as well. It yeah. was a mean average. Now, I mean, that obviously points out to the fact then that single buyers 
are being priced out of the market. Of course they are. Yeah. And it, it points out that in Kildare and Dublin, it's actually 100 grand is the average. Now, there's a lot of people in this country who earn 100,000. But again, you've got to remember that average industrial wage is 50. Yeah. So it has to be largely couples. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's... And on the back of that, there's a, a company called MoCo Starts Soft Launch of Irish Mortgage. Interesting that they went for a soft launch, Bob. Yeah, um, Linda, being the true journalist, actually Googled how to pronounce this uh, Austrian bank. So Did I mess it up? No, it's Babvag. Babvag, I think we... Uh, we, 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 we oh yeah, on. the W is a V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, listen, um, all new competition is welcome in the, in the mortgage market, but it has to be said it's going to be modest competition. They've said from the outset that they would compete on service, not on price. Um, Linda, Shannon LNG firm offers use of ship to hold emergency gas stores. This is a story that's been with us a while. Uh, this is a company that I believe uh, was rejected by on board Panala in terms of a planning application uh, down there in the Shannon Estuary. But it looks like maybe they're offering us something that might get them back onto the pitch. Yeah, Paula Dunahoo in, in the Indo um, is saying, so new, new Fortress Energy, God love them, they've been trying for a few years now to get this terminal up and running in, in Shannon. So their latest attempt is to offer to get a ship in. Um, the security Energy Security Review is out this week and in it actually it's suggested that we do need some sort of terminal, some sort of storage so that if there is a shortage of energy that we will have something there. Eamon Ryan, Minister, Minister Eamon Ryan has been pushing against that um, but there are signs from reading this article and from the review that maybe he would be kind of warming to the idea of the state getting involved and owning its own terminal. Any thoughts on this, Bob? Yeah, listen, I'm a very strong believer. We need to have a plan B for energy. And as green as we want to be, we have to have reserves. They're talking about a ship that will dock off this uh, facility with 12 days emergency gas energy for the country. Listen, uh, I know ultimately we have to get rid of uh, carbon, but uh, liquefied natural gas uses 30% less carbon than oil and 40% less than coal. So it's the the best of a bad lot. And we're going to need it as we transition. Exactly. To, to, to wind energy and, and tidal energy, etc. And Ukraine gave us an energy shock. We now have the Middle East flaring up again. We have got to have Plan B and the Greens have to acknowledge that we need some carbon involvement. Uh, Linda, I don't know about your shopping plans for next week, but uh, if you're going to be sucked into the whole euphoria around Black Friday, Sinead Ryan of this parish has some advice for you. Yes, she does. Yeah. Um, look, it's quite scary, actually. She says, um, buyers, if you're if you're looking for that bargain, you'll have precious few rights, you know, um, and, and kind of warns against this idea that perhaps sometimes people just like the idea of a bargain and they don't necessarily need the bargain. So you go in and spend more than you ever would because you're thinking, oh, I could get something cheaper. But if it's like cheap electrical goods, you know, that they might not actually work um, for as long as they should do. Um, yeah, look, I'm not I'm not a big shopper myself, I have to say. So I don't know. I mean, I lo- everybody loves a bargain, don't they? Bob, this is a kind of another, I suppose, US marketing phenomena that we've got sucked into, like many of them that come from the States. But, you know, it has really become an important calendar in the, in the retail calendar, both online and indeed, you know, for bricks and mortar businesses, trying to get that pre-Christmas launch of getting people to shop. 
Yeah, look, and there's nothing wrong with it. By the way, I always wondered where the word Black uh, Friday came from. Apparently, it was just sales revenue used to be in the red leading up to the weeks before yeah. Christmas, and then suddenly they'd go black. So, I mean, it's an obvious name in hindsight. Listen, um, buy now, pay later is the other big thing. You have to be careful with these new schemes um, from Apple, and there's three or four other companies who offer this uh, service, and they're just warning, be careful. At the end of the day, it is a credit loan. Um, I, I go back to my granny. She used to always say, if you don't have the money, wait. Yeah, that's sage advice from your granny. Um, Linda, also that we have to be aware of Black Friday scams as as people, you know, spend more on the internet, online shopping. There are more scammers out there to take their money. Yeah, it is quite scary when you see how, how many people fall for the scams. Um, there's a good article, I think it's the Daily Mail, is it? It is, um, yeah. Yeah, where, you know, they're they're talking about the fact that, you know, you, you sh- like it's good tips, you know, it's checking to make sure that there's a HTTPS on your, on your address bar, use trusted websites, never share your banking details and... No matter what, there's going to be somebody there trying to kind Absolutely. of jump in. I think I think the crooks, Bobby, are slowly getting the upper hand. I, I personally w- uh, was defrauded 225 euros last week, a very well-known hotel booking website. And I thought I was really smart online. And Whoa. eventually I got taken down. I'm getting the money back from the website. But passwords, pins, two-step verifications, I mean, they've tried them all. I think it just when you're about to buy something online, stop, look at the email address, Double, you know, double check everything. And the front page of the Irish Examiner, Linda, uh, Backhurst understated his pay by 31,500 in RTE interview. A bit like the CFO in there who didn't actually know his own salary. There seems to be a sort of selective amnesia uh, in RTE when it comes to talking about one's salary. Yeah, look, this is a bit embarrassing for Backhurst. You know, he's coming in and, and trying to rein in the expenses but didn't know that he was getting 31,500 in pension contributions. Look, I mean, how many of us would be able to, you know, if, if you're asked what your wages are, you probably just do the gross pay and yeah. don't think of the government, no, I agree. of I, the company's I, contributions. We're probably a bit hard on them. Yeah. Well, the yeah. difference is if you met somebody in the street and you asked them their salary, they'd give you your, the gross salary. This guy was in a tribunal about salaries. We <laughs> 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 were calling a spade a spade. Yeah. Um, Matt Cooper has kind of a... An interesting analysis of where RT is now, Bob. Uh, what did you think of his of his thoughts? Um, uh, he basically is saying that the coalition needs to get much tougher with RT. That the re- the reform uh, that's proposed is over four years. It's it's very tepid. He's saying it needs to be much more aggressive. Yeah, I, th- I think it is too. We all know the expression "culture eats strategy for breakfast," and I think RT's problem is a cultural one. Um, uh, they've become bloated, dare I say it. I mean, look, they're, they're a national treasure. They're a national institution. They need to be protected. They need to be properly funded. But I think the culture has turned into gravy train. And I know that at least half of the workforce will say, well, I'm not on the gravy train. But as an, an organisation, I think they need a cultural change first and everything else will follow. Linda? Look, I, I won't defend RTE, but I mean, Matt does make a good point in this and that's a successive governments have kind of shirked the, the you know, the licence fee um, hike. We're stuck at €160. Euro. And something that I thought was very relevant was, you know, or very obvious, is people have stopped paying their licence fee. Yeah. The government has not made any moves to make people comply with the law. 
it's kind of encouraging people not to pay their license fee. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm, you know, Matt makes a good point as well. You know, we're, you know, it's, it should be for the public good and not for the workers either. Um, I just hope that in those 400 jobs that they look at the management first before they look at the lower paid workers. Yeah. OK. Um, remote working, Bob, I know you've got some thoughts on this. Uh, work from home Fridays, uh, the end of the five day office, a piece by Emmett Malone. Um, I think this ship has sailed and I don't think there's ever going to be. And why would you if somebody said to you, come to the office three days rather than five? Why would you go back to going to five unless you were dragged kicking and screaming? If, if a client came to my company and asked us to recruit people and it was nine to five and they meant nine to five, Monday to Friday, I would think twice about whether I'd take on the assignment because it is now the mindset is flexibility, whether, yeah. whether it's on the hours, you know, come in at eight, come in at 10, leave at three, leave at six uh, and flexibility on the days. There's two uh, interesting articles that he refers to, Emmett Malone, uh, Cape KMPG survey of CEOs at 1,300 of the world's largest firms suggested that they reckon within three years workers will be back to five days a week. That is not going to happen. And it's easy for a CEO (laughs) of a Fortune 500 to say that. The more more sort of ground um, swell opinion is from the IBEX survey that 400 companies said that uh, meeting employee expectations on hybrid working was the single biggest issue for management in recruitment. There's a, there's a saying in recruitment, the, your slipper career can't go on for everybody and forever. And everybody knows that we can't wear slippers for the rest of our careers. You've got to get back into the office, but it is going to be uh, three days or four days a week in the office. That's a new one on me, a slipper career, Bob. Thanks for that recruitment recruitment insight. Uh, Linda, any thoughts on this? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm I'm only going in two days a week at the moment. Um, Sometimes I feel guilty about that. I get more work done at home. I save the one hour commute in and back. Um, But it is kind of sad sometimes when you're in the office and nobody's there and it feels a bit empty and you miss it. For me, I miss the newsroom sometimes. So I think three three days a week would be a good compromise, but maybe companies need to start kind of putting the foot down and saying perhaps three days a week. But it's it's interesting the impact it's had on, you know, they talk there about Fridays in town Mm. are now kind of a dead day uh, Mm. relative to what they used to be. So, Mm. you know, I don't think, as you say, that... The genie's going back into the bottle. No, it can't. Um, uh, finally then, Bob, uh, get your kid on. Jogging boosts sex life. That's according <laughs> to page three of the Irish Mail. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, yeah. I mean, for a man who walks <laughs> his dog. Get out there and jog. <laughs> well, I walk my dog four nights a week. Uh, basically, the article is saying that uh, exercise boosts blood flow and testosterone, which can increase arousal in both men and women. And basically, the gist of it is that feeling fresh and energised can affect people's motivation for sex and being fitter and more toned could also improve their sexual confidence. And here's a, a good one. We've all heard of endorphins and serotonin. Did you know there's a cuddle hormone called oxytocin? And certainly in my home, the motto in our house is no matter how busy or tired you are, you can't deny a huggy. That's what they're called in our house. A huggy. Now, Linda, I know you were giving out about joggers coming into work this morning. Now now you know the answer to why there's so many of them out there on the road. Yeah, I was driving in and I was like, why are they all up? Who gets up this early on now a Saturday know. morning? <laughs> so, look, it's a no-brainer, isn't it, really? You heard it here, folks. Big thanks uh, to my guests, uh, Linda and Bob. Thanks for a great review, a business review uh, of the week. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 
on News Talk.